It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Only two divisions left to go in our 2021 virtual powwow series here at FantasyPoints.com. My name is Joe Dolan, and I hope everybody's been enjoying this virtual powwow series with Mr. Adam Kaplan and Mr. Greg Cosell as we break down each and every team by division in the NFL for the 2021 season. This uh, Today's podcast is the AFC South now, where there's uh, a little bit of problems with Houston. We spent a little bit too much time talking about a team that's not going to be very good, but th- there should be some interesting teams in this division. Can Carson Wentz rebound? What will Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer's offense look like in Jacksonville? Can Tennessee still continue to run the power run game the way Tennessee does in a modern NFL that kind of dissuades teams from doing so. It's going to be a very interesting division, and I hope you guys enjoy listening to the breakdown of the 2021 AFC South. What is up, everyone? Welcome to the fourth and final installment here of the 2021 FantasyPoints.com virtual powwow. I'm John Hanson. We have Adam Kaplan, Greg Cosell, in the Zoom room, in the chat room here, Graham Barfield and Joe Dolan as well. We need to barrel through two more divisions, and that's a wrap. That's all 32 teams. If you missed any of the previous live streams, you can check them out on the website, fantasypoints.com. Just go to the multimedia, then go to the live stream, and then you know hit up the archives, or you can catch it on YouTube and I guess that's about it. YouTube. Let's just go with YouTube. Ben Kukanis on the other side of the glass, setting all this stuff up. And um, if you are not yet a subscriber to fantasypoints.com, uh, you do see the early bird code there on the screen. Early bird miss 21 will get you 10% off your fantasypoints.com subscription here for 2021. We're doing a lot of different things. We're upgrading the fantasy points generator, the optimizer we're going to be updating and adding a bunch of new cool features so uh we always get better uh we never just rest on our laurels and uh year two of the website so kind of just getting started without any further ado let's get into it here as we cover the afc south not going to ask how everyone is doing i'm assuming they're doing well i know they're doing well so i'm not going to waste that time let's go to houston and uh break this down here as david cully uh is in a fucking in a pretty unenviable uh, situation here uh, with this Houston Texan team. Adam, I'll start with you. They signed Rex Burkhead, and now you look at the roster. And have you seen a sadder roster yeah. in yeah. your twenty plus years? Yeah, it's there's a combination of washed up players, guys coming back from injury. Burkhead ACL reconstruction. Lindsay has been on the downward flight a little bit. Ingram, I don't know what he has left. And David Johnson, who will be the, the lead back. So I expect to be a committee. Johnson will be the lead back. Uh, Tim Kelly's back as the OC. That that was something to placate Watson. But you know where that stands. And we'll we'll, we'll kind of look at Cully. And the good thing about David Cully is not that the receivers need coaching because they've got you know, Cobb and Cooks are veterans. But guys like Nico Collins, QT, and Coulter, David Cully's for many years, was one of the better receivers coaches in the National Football League. So that actually could have an impact on that group. I mean, can this 
group be competitive and, and Greg, you can look at the other side of the ball too. And a lot of problems here, a lot of problems. I mean, I see Bradley Roby and I'm sure I'm missing someone, but no one else really jumps out defensively here. But Greg, you have a pretty good feel for this roster. Um, is this a non-competitive roster? You know, I don't think so. I, I, I'm a little confused here, guys. I, I think they have a pretty good quarterback. I think they actually have a pretty deep running back group. Maybe they don't have a star, but I think it's a pretty deep group. I think the receiving core has some quality. It's not high level, but it, they don't have four stiffs. Um, the O-line has improved uh, over the last couple of years as guys have gotten more experience. Guys like Max Sharping, guys like Titus Howard, who were first and second round picks in, in uh, 2019. Um Defensively, do they have a star? No, no. But I think they've got a few quality players. I mean, I don't think I don't look at this roster and go, "Oh my God, this team's going to be lucky to win a game." Um, obviously, because of Deshaun Watson being in the news for other things and his so-called demands. Uh, of course, he has zero leverage unless he doesn't want to play the season. Um, but I think offensively, they'll probably be okay. Well, Greg, I, I would counter that by saying Watson played at an MVP level last year and they won four games. So if we're looking at Tyrod Taylor, he is not going to come remotely close to elevating others around him. Well, no question. I'm you talking know. about if Watson plays. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm assuming I'm assuming Watson's out. Like for one now. way or the other. Yeah. Right. You know, so you're assuming he won't be the quarterback? Yeah. I'm I'm assuming he's going to miss. Minimum, Adam. Is it fair to say minimum half the half the year? Well, it, it, see, the thing is, you say we don't. We there's so many ways it could go. I'm not even going to guess. I'm just assuming he won't be the quarterback. Right. Uh, it's another discussion for another time. Let's move on and just assume yeah. for now he won't be the quarterback. Well, that obviously that yeah. changes things dramatically. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. My bad. There, I didn't make that assumption um, clear. I guess you know what we look to do is look at okay, who's gonna maybe take advantage of this, this poor roster. I mean, they've got a lot of receivers here who've played, but as a group, it's extremely underwhelming. So Greg, uh, a guy like Nico Collins uh, out of Michigan um, didn't have a distinguished career. I don't think, but you know, the quarterback play there wasn't very good, but he well, is big and physical and passes that eyeball test. What do you think of Nico Collins? No, well, let me just ask you this question. Are we going to make this a, the assumption here that Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback? Just for the, the sake of discussion, do you want to, okay. you want to go that so way? So if we make that discussion, the yeah. offense is totally different. The offense will ha have elements of a Ravens offense. It will have run game elements. Receivers will not be a huge factor in terms of volume. Nico Collins is a long, athletic, fast, wide receiver prospect. He's a prospect. Um, he's not necessarily going to be a big-time player this year, and he certainly wouldn't be in terms of volume if Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback, John. Yeah, no doubt. And and look, we, we I hated David Johnson last year. He, he wasn't bad. I know, Greg, you you kind of held held down to your position that you know he was going to be fine. I mean, he well, wasn't yeah, you can't compare him to the year he had in Arizona. A few oh years yeah. Ago. I mean, again, he got hurt, so he did not play sixteen games. Um, but I thought that, given you know what what the number of games he played, I thought he was an effective player. But. He was. If we're talking Taylor, I think you'll have a, a backfield that includes Johnson, Ingram, Burkhead will probably get meaningful snaps. Lindsey's not a bad player. They've got backs. They've got four NFL backs on the roster, and Johnson, Ingram, Lindsey, and Burkhead. 
Of course, Johnson, a year older. Ingram is, is over 30. Lindsay was discarded by the Broncos. Burkhead is a, is a walking injury report. Adam, make heads or tails of the receiving core. You know, Cooks is your one. I mean, they list Andre Roberts as that, a star. That, you have to ignore our lads when you do that. Our lads just yeah. has no idea. Our, Andre Roberts, if he does anything but return, I'd be shocked. Right. Because when Nick Casario was with the Patriots, they, they made a significant offer for Roberts to be with the returner, just so you know. He's not there to catch passes. He's there. I mean, they got a million slot receivers, basically, yeah, too. But again, it's they don't Andre Roberts won't be a receiver barring anything unforeseen. It's it's Cooks, it's Cobb, as you said. It's after that, it's QT who's too every once in a while does something. Chris Connolly. They have, they have Chris, Chris Connolly, who was not yep, a bad player yep, in Jacksonville. Yep. Good backup yeah. receiver. Bad hands, bad hands. Yep. Right, right. right. Alex Erickson. And yeah, it's it's a mishmash of receivers, a group. It's you know? not a Chris, terrible group, right? It, it's okay. It's just average. It's just average. It's just John. The problem is, is the volume situation. It's and, and I don't envy you if you're assuming <laughs> in your projections that Watson is not the quarterback and it's Tyrod Taylor. Then that to me that would change everything. Yeah. Well, for me, I'm assuming that they don't exist. That that there's 31 teams in the league here. I'll ask Graham. First, Graham, anyone here interests you for fantasy? I think you'd you'd probably default to Cooks, but yeah. his ADP is is you know he's not dirt cheap. Yeah, probably Cooks. Um, Thirty deeds are done dirt cheap, John. That's right. <laughs> no, I got that <laughs> right. one. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably honestly, just probably Cooks. I mean, he's going ninth ish round, which is fine. It's just you know the whole Watson situation is looming over. Uh, the heads here and you know for better or worse the Texans are going to probably be in a lot of games where they're trailing um, so that'll help the, you know the pass rate but I think you know I think Greg nailed it they're going to be a run-based team with Tyrod back there if you do draft a Texan it will be a dirty deed so hopefully it is done dirt cheap because you don't want to pay a tax for any of these players Joe anybody in the backfield interest you uh, I mean I I've done like a best ball 10 where I took David Johnson in like the 11th round, just because like, eh, he's a fourth running back and I think he'll get touches. But the problem with Philip Lindsay is he doesn't catch passes. He's never done that. Um, so he's now in this back. They, by the way, they have Mark Ingram uh, who I, uh, yeah, I, Rex Burt. It's old. It's, there's just a lot of pieces here and it's just, Again, like they're signing guys to one-year contracts. They obviously need to build up draft capital because of what the trades have done to them. So I don't think they're expecting to be very competitive this year. And that leads me to a question I have for Greg. And and I know we can go back and look at um, his scouting report in the Fantasy Points Draft Guide. You're going to ask me about Davis Mills? I'm going to ask you about Davis Mills because if Deshaun Watson doesn't play this year, Mills is probably going to get a shot at some point. Greg, I, I remember you saying in the draft guide, and, and, and I also want to throw out, you don't make this personal, but you thought Davis Mills made a mistake coming out of college. I did, although I think yeah. he's got talent. But yeah. I thought he should not have come out. And in fact, I know the coaching st- a few people on the coaching staff there at Stanford, they were truly surprised because they really thought that this kid with another year could become a really, really good player because this kid's got talent. He was the number one pro-style quarterback coming out of Atlanta. Uh, when he uh, came out and um, you know, he, he does have traits. Um, He's a pocket quarterback. He's got a plus arm. Um, He's a little mechanical. Um, He can move a bit. He's got enough functional movement to make a play outside of structure here and there. Um, The things he really needed to 
to work on and refine are the things pocket quarterbacks need to do. He was not as precise with his ball location as he needed to be. He was not as strong in his progression reading. And I had this conversation with a coach on the Stanford staff, but the traits are there. The question is, if Watson is truly not going to be their quarterback, when do they feel that Davis Mills can play? Because the last thing you want to do with them, and Graham made this point, is if they're in games where the quarterback has to drop back by choice 40, 45 times, I don't think you really want to put Davis Mills out there. Don't necessarily want to put Tyrod out there in that environment either. But Yeah, but at least he's he's played in the NFL, John. I mean, we know what he is. Everybody knows what he is. Davis Mills is not a playmaking quarterback. So when you ask a quarterback to drop back 40, 45 times, and he really has to refine his pocket skills without really a second reaction dimension. That's a little problematic. And then, well, it's funny. Jeff Driscoll has second reaction uh, ability, but that's about, that's about all he has. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have first reaction ability. Yeah. He's just, uh, he's a run around quarterback and we don't want to see him. We've seen that before. So look, they're a, they're a team that's in transition. You know, they, they, I don't know if this is a record, but they've added over 30, players this offseason that were not drafted either through trade or through free agency that's just not the way you build a football team um there's some talent but uh to get it all together john is it's going to be hard uh you got new you got a new defensive scheme under levy smith completely different from what exactly. they were doing before so look it, i'm not expecting to be very good but there's some players there they have a new coaching staff and uh you know for fantasy Greg's right. The positives are they have a really good offensive line. Justin Britt is a good center. Um, yes. No, their own line. Their own line has improved. Yeah. I mean, this yeah, is yeah. not oh, a yeah. Can, yeah. Marcus Cannon. Yeah, the, their line won't be a problem. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. Greg is right. What the what the Chargers were going to do last year, if if Tyrod was going to be the guy before the, the freak injury, is that yeah. they were reining that offense in. It was going to be Tyrod option, a lot of running. So I, I think Greg's on to something with their offense. I think that's if, what they're going to do. Yeah, I think I expect right. it to happen. And, and and the other point is really good. Forget their forget their their targets to the receivers. It'll be ugly. Good luck yeah. trying to figure that out. Oh, well, in my opinion, I'm I'm most interested. Let's assume again, Watson is not in the mix. To me, it's a developmental team and and year. So I want to see Davis Mills. I, I ideally he doesn't play until like maybe late late in the year, and you see some things. Nico Collins, give us some hope for the future. Greg thinks he, you know, big athletic guy. Um, looks like Tarzan. I, I don't know if maybe he plays. No, he can play. No, no. Tarzan. Nico Collins, uh, one of the receivers coaches I talked before the draft, loved him. Said, you know, obviously not playing last year didn't help him, but love the size. Uh, in the pre-draft testing this team did, he did very well. He's a size speed profile yeah, guy. He, That's what he's he got. And he's, for dynasty leagues, John, he's got some real value for the future. Not yeah. this year, obviously, but for and, the future. For sure. And then Brevin Jordan. The Texans also gave up a ton to get Collins. They, uh, oh, did they trade up to get him? Oh, I yeah, they trade. Yeah, they traded up to get Collins. They gave up like a fourth last year and or a fourth this year and a fourth next year. My and this God. is obviously this is a team that needs draft. They had capital. no picks. They yeah. no picks. So, so Greg, they, obviously, they obviously love them. Nico Collins, I would think, would project best maybe down the road as an outside X receiver. Put that guy out there on an island. Probably. Probably. He's got the length, the size. Yes. Yeah. How about Brevin Jordan? I I, I, I love his tape. I heard really from people that he interviewed really, really badly, and people thought he was kind of a jerk. 
Um, oh. That's what I heard from people. I'm not. Huh. That's not my opinion. I never talk about that. I'm just telling you because right. his talent's better than a fifth round pick. Um, he's actually a very gifted tight end. He's yeah. not Kyle Pitts. No one is, but he can move around. He's got athletic ability. He's a monster run after catch. His talent is better than that. So it'll be very interesting. He's another down the road guy, John. And Isaiah Coulter, Adam, I know there was some optimism about him, but man, they didn't use him last year at all. That's a bad yeah, sign. He, um, he had some refinement to make as what uh, yeah, small school kid, Rhode Island. Right. Yeah. He yeah. had a long way to go. Long right. way to go. Right. Um, QT is a guy that, you know, every once in a while you go, wow, what a game he had. And then he, he drifts, but he's got some ability and he's on the final year of his rookie deal. So he's got, the thing is like as a group, it's not, it's not terrible. It's pretty no. average. But just before we move on to the, the Colts, they're, they're going to be – they'll be in some games. Now, assuming that it's, it's Tyrod Taylor, this is a low-octane pass game, John. That, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, again, they won four games last year with yeah. Deshaun Watson at an MVP level and Will Fuller. Yeah, now that, Right, right. Fair point. And, and mean, Cooks is so inconsistent. Brandon Cooks is talented as he is. He, he's just very consistent. He was pretty good last year, though. I mean, well, that, I, yeah, but John, 35% of his percent, his numbers he got in two games late in the season. Hey, look, I was the biggest Brandon Cooks fan there was. I know. Um, it was incredible what he did. I kind of bailed on the guy, but the bottom line is actually held, hold it down pretty well the uh, last couple of years. All right. Let's move on because this yeah. is, uh, I mean, yeah, this is I mean, just, it's not worth talking about this team for 20 minutes. It's not <laughs> the Colts as we move on here with Reich and uh, Carson Wentz and, and all that early vibes are, are pretty good. Um, we don't have a ton to really break down uh, because T Y Pittman, Paris Campbell, Zach Rascal, uh, AKA Zach Pascal will be I think Campbell's four. the wild card here. He's, he's got a lot of totally. talent and he just, yeah, hasn't played yet. you know, talk, talk about it. Is he, is he slot only? Um, um, I mean, I don't think his traits indicate that I can't, physically, speak to, yeah. I don't, I can't speak to what they have in mind. We right. know that Hilton can move all around. Yeah. Pittman played all over last year. Yep. I think that they move receivers around John. Yep. I would not say he's slot only. He's okay. Big, well, that's good. He run. He's really good run after catch. He's got a lot of traits. He's just been he injured. Size too. He's yeah, pretty big kid. I remember yeah. him being close to 6'2", probably 205-ish. He's a pretty good-sized kid. I interviewed him at the Combine. He was – I'm 6'2". He was the same size as I was. Uh, Adam, do you think Eric Fisher will hold it down there, left tackle? Can we count on him in September? Um, no. That's why they have Sam Tevy, who formerly started left tackle. They're, they're hopeful, but they won't know until they get there. I mean, he's got a tour, he tore his Achilles, so it's – yeah. It'll be in the neighborhood of nine months by September since the surgery. I mean, it, it'll be close. They'll see. But they've got insurance policy. Did, Greg, didn't you tell us that you liked Tevi before, if I'm not mistaken? No, I, Tevi was not a guy I loved. I Who mean, was the other? What was it? The other the other Charger would, tackle that you liked? I thought the other Charger tackle. Who was oh. the guy last year? I thought you. you oh, Pipkins. Did you like Pipkins? No, I didn't. I'd never talked about him. So All right. I, I thought there was someone that tried. Yeah. All right, Tevi started. I mean, he was. I know he did. Starter. Yeah. 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 Well, the one thing that kind of stands out to me, and I don't know if anybody wants to chime in, but they, they do like to spread the ball around. So I don't know if we'll have a true go-to guy. I think initially they would certainly want to lean on Hilton, his veteran experience. Michael Pittman is still ascending. Now you have Paris Campbell, presumably 
healthy and well in the mix. I mean, he was very active week one. So, I mean, I, I think it all comes down to the, the intriguing guys actually went, uh, in my opinion. I mean, I think Hilton will be decent. Pittman is a, is a breakout candidate. Well, the question sure. is, John, though, here's the question of Carson Wentz. He, he locks in to his – we know that Ertz was his favorite target for years. Now, this is a new team. We don't know who he'll lock into. If he'll, assuming he'll still do that, he, he might. We don't know. He has to be rebuilt. So there's a lot of mystery here. Theoretically, Hilton's a possession guy that we know he can run. And Pittman, as Greg said, you can move him around. Paris Campbell can play inside or outside. It's hard, it's hard to say what, who's going to be the top target. I think it's actually impossible, to be honest with you. Yeah, watch it be Jack Doyle. Uh, that yeah, that would be shocking. Yeah, because yeah. he's a tight end. That, yeah. yeah, I get but it. Greg, as you, if you're Frank Reich, as you're looking to get Carson Wentz right back on track, I mean, what approach do you take? Do you come out early in the season and settle him down and run the ball? I mean, they want balance. They want to run it anyway. But if you're Frank Reich, how do you – how do you get Carson Wentz comfortable immediately? I, I love the environment. That's, an that, that's the offseason, John. That's, not, that's right. not week one. I mean, Adam's right. Wentz has to be rebuilt. That's an offseason project. Right. What, do I believe they're going to run the ball? Yes, of course. Um, so they're going to be a team, I think, that starts with a run game and works off that. Um, Taylor, the last six, seven games last year, was a true feature back. Um, they've got they've got a pretty deep running back group. They've got Taylor. They got Hines. They still have Marlon Mack. Um, even Jordan Wilkins has played a bit. I mean, they've got a deep group. This is not going to be a toss it all around uh, team, especially early in the season. Yeah. But when you pop in the tape and, you know, they lose Sirianni, my recollection of the Colts and their receivers last year, and maybe even be back is guys get open. Guys are open. You know, well, that's like, scheme. That's scheme. Yeah. Pittman got open. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Hilton, I thought, was open. Yeah. So assuming they're open, you know, it, it shouldn't be that complicated. You know, call the play. Guys open. Carson, pull the trigger and, and throw. I know it's easy. Well, that was one of the done. issues Wentz has had. I know. That's why he has to be he, um, built, and that's an off-season project. So, John, here's what some teams told me who graded Wentz, who were actually interested in trading for him. Their opinion, and these two teams agree with each other basically on several things. They thought Wentz was conflicted. He a wanted to do his own thing. He also wanted to, he took what the coaches would 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 take would give him, and he couldn't process. He just was he broke down mentally. You could see by his feet everything was screwed up, and he's got to get a clear mind. If he doesn't have a clear mind, he'll be an absolute dismal failure. If he could clear his mind and do what the coaches want. The thing that was very apparent, he could still sling it. He still got the arm strength, but everything else is off. off Greg, everything. Greg, everything. back to you, though. Be, what if he had to give one reason why that happened to Carson? Oh, what would okay. it be? I would say because because he looked and no one was open. Well, that's a little strong. Or guys weren't open strong. consistently. Yeah. That's a little strong. Were they open consistently? I mean, I think the breakdown was with Wentz, not with not with what you're talking about. Right. I think Wentz, I think Wentz mentally just somewhere along the line lost it. And he's a very smart guy. I mean, you know, I I was told by uh, Josh McCown, who I know and has been in the league a long time, that Wentz is the smartest quarterback he's ever been around. But I think he lost it. I think something just didn't click for him. Yeah. And that plays in, John, to trying to do too much and not not get rid of the football. He's... 
you, you, we all know that he held on the ball at, at times way too long, and that's part of it is because he's trying to make the play, which you're talking about. He he doesn't check down his history of doing that. Yeah. He used to get away with it because he was such a high level thrower and, and a processor, by the way, when he was on in 16 and 17. But you also have to look at Reich left and Filippo left. Then he started trying to do his own thing because that crap wasn't happening when those guys were there, particularly the quarterback coach. Yeah. You notice how everything changed after those guys left. Right, right. Uh, I mean, to me, it's a chicken or the egg thing. You, you guys seem to be leaning, placing more of the blame on, on Carson, which well, that you know, is where the blame is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, if you, watch I, the I'm not... tape, if you watch the tape, John, and Adam talks to people, and I've talked to some, that's where the blame is. You know, I that's... mean, ultimately, it is no matter what, I guess. Got to be because you're, you're trying to think coached. what you're trying to do, which is your job, John, is think how this plays out from a fantasy perspective. And that's impossible to know because we don't know right. where Wentz will be. I'm trying now, to understand. What caused him to unravel, basically, mentally? Trying physically. to do his own thing. Trying to do his I, own thing. I would think, Trust I me. would say, I bad O-line, because it's been really banged up the well, last couple hurt. of years. Yeah, injured. Yeah. You couple that with poor play calling design and guys not being open, now all of a sudden anything could happen. Or, or maybe because I watched too much Criminal Minds, maybe he had a psychotic break. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> Look, John, it's all fair. It's 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 now, now the hope is that he's he's very close to Frank Reich. Guys like a big brother to him. Yeah. The hope is that Reich rebuilds his confidence. He's out of Philly where he thought it was a negative environment. And Marcus Brady, who's the OC, is apparently a very gifted coach. And uh, Scott uh Milinovich, who was with Jacksonville and some other teams, also in the CFL. Maybe they'll I mean the hope is they'll be able to rebuild him and yeah. Could he be what he once was in he's 17? still got a ton yeah. of talent. He's a yeah. very talented guy. Yeah. I don't know if he could get to 17, but he might be able to get close. Now, what would that mean if he gets close, John? It, it could mean 30-plus touchdowns. That's the upside. He could get to a game. He really could. Yeah, he could. Go he's, perfectly. He, the great thing, the best thing that I heard about him last season is arm strength has not been lost at all. Right. Everything else is. And I watched him yesterday, and I saw that myself. I'm like, yeah, he's still physically. So I, I, I go back to, like, the old uh, – remember when Doug Flutie finally got an opportunity – and they said, how'd you do it? He's like, oh, I don't know. I, we went in a huddle. I, I called a play. A guy was open. I threw it. And then we went and we got a fur. And like he, he oversimplifies it, but I, maybe I'm doing that with Carson. There's a lot but- just to, so we can move on. There's a lot for him and there's a lot against him because even when he, even if he does take the coaching, there becomes a point where sometimes he wants to do his own thing. I'm not saying it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, that type of guy who wants to do his own thing. But he has a history of unless he's coached hard, he wants to do what he wants. Well, and guys in the backfield, I mean, Jonathan Taylor was incredible in the second yeah. half of the season. Nothing but, uh, you know, it'll be run more run based, by the way. They're not, this is not, Frank Reich does not believe what Doug Peterson believes in terms of throwing the ball a lot. That's not what he believes. And you're right. When you said earlier, they're going to be balanced. The, the personnel will tell you that they surprisingly brought back Marlon Mack when they didn't need to. Hines is the change up, third down. Taylor is his power back. Jordan Wilkins, for goodness sake, is still there. So you know, you know it's going to go through the run game. Right. And and Graham, I think you have a little bit of an issue with Jonathan Taylor uh, because of the presence of Naheem Hines. Of course, Hines is probably screwed too, uh, since Carson Wentz is not really much of a check down guy. But my opinion is if, if Taylor can get me 34, 37 grabs again, I feel like that's enough because he's going to probably push for you know, 300 carries, I mean, you know, especially in 17 games. Yeah, this is kind of like the Nick Chubb argument all over again. You know, we have a back who's extremely, extremely talented. I mean, one of the best, um, maybe in the top three already in terms of just 
pure runners, but yeah, I mean, I, Hines is not going to come off the field on passing downs. I mean, you know, this coaching staff loves to, to mix up backs and, and Hines is a you know really good passing down back, good change of pace. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing that you have to kind of reconcile is like, okay, if you're going to spend the seventh or eighth overall pick on Jonathan Taylor, you got to understand that like you're banking on him rushing for a hundred yards and a touchdown every game, which he can certainly do, but you know, you don't get in that added bonus of, you know, someone like Ezekiel Elliott, who's going to play every single snap and catch a bunch of balls. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough because I think everyone knows what Taylor's ceiling can be and that's top three. Um, but it just comes back to, you know, the simple fact of how many, you know, how many snaps he's going to get on passing downs. I mean, he did great in the, in the passing game as a rookie. He, he did he caught 36 to 39 targets. But John, the, the biggest difference is Phillip rivers yep. checked oh, yeah. down at an extremely yep. high rate. Carson Wentz is yeah. way more. He hates aggressive. checking down once. I'm yeah. just telling you, he hates it. Yeah. I mean, Wentz Phil, is way they, more aggressive. These running backs had like 120 targets. Yeah. That's a lot. It's going um, way down, man. Um, yeah. I, I think look, we could be we could be look we could be looking at a Nick Chubb situation, although Taylor still will catch more than Chubb, where he's gonna be dependent on touchdowns. It's just the way it is. I think that's I think Graham nailed it, unfortunately. I I'm not saying for fantasy you don't take him late in the first, but top five, I don't think so. Yeah, like if you're on the clock and you've got Tyree Kill or Ezekiel Elliott, I'm taking one of those two guys over Jonathan Taylor mm. every time. It's fair. He's also twenty two. Uh, yeah. extremely durable Taylor and uh that I well, like you say extremely durable he's played one year I mean, yeah well I do I do like the fact they've they've kind of figured out left tackle you know Costanzo's leaving was obviously a huge loss but then they you know they got Fisher so that, yeah, that definitely I, helps but you say too. that we just don't know how he's going to perform coming off that injury hopefully True. he'll be fine by September we just True. don't know Adam I you know with Taylor I mean the dude played three years at Wisconsin got 300 carries every year I hear you but that's and also that's he's a durable. running back and I mean, Derek Henry is an outlier. Well, so far, so good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned though about um, the the the, the checkdowns because just knowing how I know Wentz and how he just does not believe in it. Yeah, he's always trying to make the play, which has got its good and bad parts. Is he going to click uh, with a guy like uh, Granson, the the hybrid type of no idea H back tight end guy? Greg, did you uh, spend any time studying Kylan Granson? I did. What do you, what do you think of him and how does he fit in here this year and long term? Well, he's a uh he's really a split player. He's not a true tight end. Like a Trey Burton type? Yeah, yeah, he's you know, he's that kind of player. I actually right. thought he was a really intriguing guy. I mean, um he's he's not a typical tight end prospect. Um he's he you know, he's he's short, that's the problem. His height weight profile does not lend itself to being a conventional tight end. Um, he's an offensive weapon, more in 11 and 12 personnel groupings with uh, his speed, his movement traits. Um, he can line up all over the formation. He's a receiver. Also have Mo Ali Cox that they like and uh, Jack Doyle, of course. We'll see if you know, maybe Zach Ertz is in the mix. Real quick, uh, for fantasy, I love their D. Now, I'm not expecting seven touchdowns like they got last year, but they're, they're, they get turnovers. Adam, I'll go to you on this. They get turnovers. They've been okay for sacks, and now you have Quiddy Pay. If that kid pans out, I, that's a great fantasy day right there in Indy. Yeah, the one issue they've had is at DN. Obviously, they're really good at, at D-tackle. The, the issue is uh, clearly at DN, they lack of pass rushers. If, as you're saying, if Pay, is the, if Pay is the guy, I mean, if he comes in and plays great as a rookie, sure. Um, 
you know, cornerback wise, they're okay. They were able to get TJ Carey back. The Eagles actually made an offer, but um, yeah, corner is a question. Uh, I think so. Oh, you don't like? Um, oh, oh, let me. I'm gonna guess. Rock Yassin. Rock Yassin did yeah, not play, play, well yeah, did not play well last year. He did not play well last year, and Rhodes is a year older. Yeah. So I think corner could be a question. That could like be. Kenny Mordo as a slot, right? Kenny Moore is a great slot. Yeah. Yeah, you've always but yet Rocky I've seen John is the key to this. If he plays well, they'll be fine. If he yeah, doesn't, but he did he not play well a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, I did I hated Rhodes a year before in Minnesota. I, I I thought he was better last year, Greg. Rhodes he did hang in there last year, right? Yeah, yeah, but he he is a year older. Um so the corner could be an issue. Could be. How great of a pick was getting Buckner last year? Like, man, that well, was Buckner, worth it. The right? trade. Their yeah, tackles the trade. are really, really good. I mean, trade, Buckner yeah. and Stewart are really good. And now, by the way, Buckner played probably quarter of the season hurt, and he still was dominant. Now, right. the key thing is they did lose to Nico Autry, who was a very valuable piece for them because he played D-end in their base and moved inside to D-tackle in the nickel, and that's got to be replaced because they take Grover Stewart out in passing situations. So we'll see. What I think they would love to see happen is they'd love to be able to move Tyquan Lewis inside, essentially in the Autry position. They'd love to see Kamiko Ture out of Rutgers, who actually has really good edge pass rush ability, but has been hurt an awful lot since he was a second-round pick. If he could end up becoming an edge rusher because the traits are there, that would really help their D-line and their nickel. Do you know about this Odenic bow? The kids that, what do you think, the second-rounder? The kid from Vanderbilt? Yeah, what do you think of him? Yeah, he tore his Achilles, I believe. Uh, very, very late. I'm not sure what he's going to be this year. What was he's he on tape, bit- though? He's a little bit of a freak. His arms are ridiculously long. He's big. He's physical. He's athletic. He's a really intriguing player, but I don't know if he's a factor this year. Gotcha. Before we move on, uh, Joe, we'll get you involved here. You you used to work for PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You grew up an Eagles fan. You're obviously dialed in. Do you have any interest in Carson Wentz as a QB2 later? He's not getting love at all. He'll be affordable. Do you think there's some upside from his ADP? John, where he's getting drafted, though, there's guys like Baker, Mayfield, and Tua, and even if you go to Justin Fields, who we talked about last week, and you know Greg said he would start him week one, and I think he's going to start sooner rather than later. Wentz just isn't ending up on many of my teams. I mean, John, there was, you know, I think Carson – what I saw last year was like extremely disturbing and, and I, I expect he'll be better. I mean, it's hard for him not to be better, but how much better, you know, I I wonder if 2017 is just completely out of reach at this point. We barely saw flashes of that in Philly. Um, I expect he'll be better, but John, I just think there's better bets um, to uh, to, uh, Baker Mayfield guys who you know to his supporting cast we talked about him last yesterday it's loaded baker mayfield is on the on the ascent like yeah it's fair Wentz is just not ending up on many of my teams right now it's fair i mean at at this point you're probably crossing your fingers that he's just solid and if he's just solid eh, you know not going to move the needle all that much so very fair um unless anybody has any other comment i mean we could talk about michael Pittman real quick greg uh uh, how how impressed did you did you like the tape like you said I was a little surprised they didn't use him a little bit more in the red zone. I thought that was a one area where they could have taken advantage, but um, seemed like he was, I don't want to say plug and play, but he did seem to assimilate pretty well. Yeah. He's had a solid rookie season. You know, I think it's 
the problem we're having here, and we're just going back and forth because of Wentz, is we just don't know how this is going to play out in terms of targets. Fitman's a very talented guy. He's big. He's athletic. He's physical. They can use him in multiple ways. Um, but I couldn't begin to tell you what the, the volume situation will be. Joe, what was that that thought you had about Carson and like the, the deep crossers, that that's not a route that he completed many of, and Pittman did several of those last year? Yeah, I, well, I, with Pittman, there was um, I, I the, the play that I the play that I really uh, go go to is the touchdown he scored. I forget who it was against, but it, it was more of a shallow crosser. And yeah, talking about Pittman, uh, you're talking about Pittman and the 40 yard touchdown when he caught the shallow crosser. I know he just right. ran everybody. Yeah, well, yeah, he can run the Packers. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, it was spectacular. It's just the problem, John, is you know, for a guy to outrun everybody on a shallow cross, the throw's got to be perfect. And you know, Wentz struggled. Uh, I mean, how many screen passes last year, Adam, did we see Wentz with miss throw? I mean, he was just off. But it, you know, the, the question that John has is if every if if Wentz is back to a, a good solid degree, not twenty seven level, what could this offense look like? I think it could be a. I think it's got the potential to be. With the run game, a top yeah, 12. Definitely pretty good. Offense. They got receivers. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and hey, look, Zach Pascal's not bad. I mean, it's uh, – but Greg's right. We just it, – it's very hard to expe- to know what to expect from Wentz. It, it's next to impossible, to be honest with you. Not only that, as I mentioned, they do spread around. So, for example, I love Michael Pittman. Um, you know, I only have him at 59 grabs. You know, it's tentative, but 800 yards, five, six touchdowns. I mean, you got to – that's another thing. You got to spread it the production around a little bit. They like to spread it. Uh, moving on here to the Jaguars. We actually have some excitement here. And Adam, uh, break down anything we've learned. I know you're not a Jaguar insider, but uh, oh, I've got a pretty good idea. Good. Oh. In terms of uh, this backfield, ETN, James Robinson. Yeah, Robinson's the lead back. He'll be the primary first and second down back. Um, they're going to figure out a way for to get ETN in there. Not only, in, you know, you know, he's being cross-trained at, as a receiver a little bit. Um, you know, going to be on this field at the same time as Robinson. I, I, that, I mean, we're in June. I have no idea. I don't know. I'll, I'll know by July or August when I'm there, but I don't know that. I just know that Robinson's the lead back as they're thinking first and second down. ETN will come in and back them up. I will see some work. It's going to be a run based offense. You know, when Daryl Bevel is calling the plays, you don't need to guess, you know, exactly what it's going to be. Uh, they're good at receiver. Their offensive line is back once again. Uh, this is three straight years. They're all back. I know they've underachieved, but they're talented. Uh, George uh, Warhop still their O line coach, so it's um, it John. It, there's talent there, but tight ends a disaster. They didn't even want Josh Oliver, that which is disappointing because he he could have been a factor. They got Tebow. Adam. They got Tebow. Yeah, what, what are you talking about? They yeah, got Tebow. exactly. We're good. Right. right, he's got a n- tight end number. Um, you know, just to some it, the the offense is going to be based on the run game. Um, will, will Lawrence throw it forty times a game? Unless they're behind, no, I don't see it. I, I'd say low to mid thirties, lowish thirties per game. Uh, just depends on how they're doing. Uh, defensively, they're going to be much better. They think from a personnel standpoint. Talking to them about it. Um, so look, the personnel. If you just sum it up, their roster is way better than it was last year. At this way time. better. Way yeah, better. yeah. There's there's all kinds of optimism, Greg. You know, and and Lawrence, look, John Lawrence has been on the field way earlier than we expected. They're right. limiting him purposely. Yeah, uh, that's but, a good uh, sign. 
Yeah. Uh, the, I wish he had a young tight end to throw to. That that disappoints me. I mean, I don't know about Luke Farrell if, if uh, Greg's seen him. I don't know. There how are people who really like Luke Farrell and think right. that that he has a chance to be a really good player. That right. you know he wasn't used a ton at Ohio State as a receiver, yeah. but that he's a pretty gifted kid who could t- become. Um, you know, in some ways, be a Hunter Long type guy. I mean, he's just, you know, there are people who really like Luke Farrell. All right, so. Well, they need somebody to step up at tight end because you got a rookie quarterback that that would help. But uh, the, the, th- the kind of questions I don't know yet is, are they going to figure it out with Chenault? He's got a new staff. They got to figure out how to use him. He's a different type of receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chuck but, and ultimately, Jones. but ultimately, he's a wideout. Right, right. But again, Bevel needs to figure out how to use him to be if he's you know he inherits his player so that's that's a challenge. Chark and Jones are their starting receivers. We know about Colin Johnson is a nice story late in the season. So you know overall, John, they're pretty good with pass targets in terms of receiver. Yeah, um, Greg, the backfield here, Etn as as you transition Etn to the pros and maybe even also on the Jaguar team with James Robinson. I mean, what type of back? do you see him being in the NFL? Is he an Alvin Kamara guy that you don't want to go over like 200 carries, use him in the passing game? Can he be more than that? Can he take over at some point and, and be the, the clear primary back over James Robinson? What, what do you think here with ETN? I believe he can be the primary back over James Robinson. He's far more talented. Um, I don't know how they see him. He, he was almost exclusively used as a receiver in the OTAs. So I don't know what their plan is, but, uh, and, you know, they said, Hey, they, they just want to draft explosive athletes and that's fine. ATN is an explosive athlete, but he's a running back. And while I think, can he run some routes? Yes, but he's not Camara. Right. Right. Um, Trevor Lawrence right out of the gate, Greg, I mean, I guess expectations are high, but you know, Adam mapped it out. I mean, it's a pretty good environment here continuity on the o-line granted a lot of these guys underwhelmed but a lot of names at least you know, well the key thing will be their defense because as adam said they don't want him to throw it 40 times a game and the defense is the key factor here because if they if they're in games uh then he doesn't have to do that if they're not in games then he's gonna have to drop back and throw i mean there's a lot of things that need to happen uh cj henderson um needs to you know play well and shaq griffin needs to be, you know, a good acquisition I mean, here. Look, you could Josh say Allen. that if both those guys play to what their skill sets are, they've got really two good outside corners. And Cam- and, and Tyson Campbell and and they drafted Tyson Campbell who I really liked. Yeah, I mean they they've got play- they they really were ha- Trey Hernan's been a good story. I mean, he shouldn't be starting, but is he a slot corner, Greg? Trey Hernan? He's been both because of, of injuries and you gotcha. know, the whole deal. Okay. Um, uh But you're Andres, a big uh Andres Luke Cisco. Barco guy, Greg. You're a what? big Luke Gar- Barco guy. Oh, right, right. Um, he played last year. Andre Cisco, I really liked his tape from Syracuse. He was their third pick in the draft. He's a safety. Um, he had 13 interceptions in 24 games at Syracuse. Um, he's a really interesting safety prospect. Um, I can make the argument that I liked him more than uh, the, the Trayvon Morig. So I like Cisco's tape a lot. Um, I like Campbell a lot. Um, I think they expect their defense to be much better. Yeah, it's not a bad roster. Graham, no. uh, D- DJ Chark, we lost. I-, I like Chark last. He was the only one of the second-tier wide receivers that I was pushing myself that disappointed. They all came through but Chark. But um, where are you with the confidence level after last year? We know the quarterback play was a big problem. Turns out when you have a mullet, it doesn't guarantee good quarterback <laughs> play, Graham. But 
Where are you with Chark? Can he quickly bounce back? Or are you a little concerned about his unevenness early on in the career? Yeah, well, I think, you know, the unevenness last year was just simply their quarterback situation. I mean, they, Chark and LaVisca Chenault both said after the season, they, there were some weeks they had no idea who's even going to start like on Saturday morning. Uh, so that's not an environment you want to go into at all. I, I got to say, I love DJ Chark this year. I was kind of, I wasn't necessarily off of him. I was just more lukewarm because the caught, like the price was coming up. But now we get in a significantly better quarterback, obviously, in a significantly better offense. Uh, yeah, they're not going to be super pass heavy, but Chark should be the primary guy in this offense. I mean, he has a lot to prove. I mean, this is this is his year where he can kind of you know say, "Hey, my 2019 season wasn't a fluke." You know, last I'm, year I'm, of his deal too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah. so I I think you know I think some of the last year of the wide receiver deal stuff is kind of bunk, but in this case. I think it makes sense because Chark, man, I mean, he could have a sensational year and the, the Jags don't have a, a true, you know, they have Marvin Jones, but Marvin Jones is more of a flanker. Like I think Chark is going to be their boundary X and I, I, I'm excited to see it. Joe, LaVisca Chanel is getting some love. His ADP is like 100, 105. Um, maybe it's 115 on, on another side. I mean, Hollywood Brown is in that realm. Michael Pittman is in that realm. No way in hell am I taking Chanel over those two guys, but where are you with LaVisca? Well, I, I think I initially really liked him just because, you know, you, you look at some of the things he did at Colorado and, and, and even, even last year, and you see that there are some similarities to kind of the way Percy Harvin and Curtis Samuel were used in Urban Meyer offenses. Then you have Daryl Bevel, who's the offensive coordinator, who obviously coached Percy Harvin at both Minnesota and Seattle. Um, but then I hear Urban Meyer come out and Urban's probably going to learn very quickly um, uh, about uh, the way he talks to the media is uh, getting people raising their ears a little bit. I mean, he openly admitted, and I'm sure Travis Etienne was like, well, thanks coach that he wanted to draft Kadarius Tony in the first round. And you yeah. view Kadarius Tony as kind of a player like that. They're working Travis Etienne at wide receiver in, in OTAs and mini camps and, you wonder um, what does this new staff think of, of LaVisca Chanel? And I'm kind of with you, John, the, the Canarius Tony talk working ETN at wide receiver where he might be used on jet sweeps and things like that. Although I agree with Greg, the guy's a running back. Um, I, I think I'm out on Chanel after initially thinking when Urban Meyer got hired and Daryl Bevel got hired, that this was going to be a really interesting fit. Yeah, I would. Uh, I yeah, I, I couldn't disagree more with Be- Bevels. I've you know talked to people working with him. Good guy. Yeah. His issue is with imagination. He's not the most creative guy. Th- that you have to be creative to understand what Chenault is. Yeah, one of the, one of the most unique receivers. You know, Greg's outlined it f- for us, and I've talked to receiver coaches. He's not for everybody. If you don't understand how to use him, it's a complete waste of time. You might as well trade the guy. So Bevels got a job here. He's he's the good thing. He's got Marvin Jones, who's a good accomplished football player. Chark is a well, we'll just chalk it up to the quarterback play last year. I mean, I, I think there's some fairness in that. But Chenault's sort of the outlier here. How, if they could figure out how to use him, he's so interesting, you know? Real quick, Adam, uh, then we'll move on. Third down, passing situations for the, for the entirety of the season. When you're looking at it as a whole, who's going to be the preferred option? Uh, I would, well, ETN right now it would be Robinson. Robinson. But ETN could take it over. I, we're, we're, in, we're in June. I, I don't know yet. I mean, right, I, right. if you're asking me to forecast it, I, I'll say they'll share it, 
but also we have to find out, and maybe this is a better question for Greg. Do you remember, Greg, how ETN blocks? He block? No, I don't remember that. Yeah, because that's going to be a key um, for him to get on the field in that on that in that role. Etienne was not a good pass blocker. Well, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, he he had he had technique problems and he got overpowered. They were very happy with uh, Robinson with that role. Yeah, that's why he got it. He did bulk up. Uh, I don't know, Greg, if you have any thoughts on that because Etienne did gain, I believe, twelve pounds and still Since ran when? pretty well. Since when? Since the. I believe the season ended. Yeah. And Scott, Scott mentioned this, I think in his article when he was recapping the post-draft press conferences, but like one of the first things urban said to ETN is that he wants him to like bulk up. And he was like, look, you remember that huh. picture we sent you, huh. which is weird. ETN was 215 at his pro day. Yeah. Cause exactly. I mean, ETN's never been skinny. He's not been slight. That's kind of, that's weird. Yeah. I don't know why he would say yeah. that. Huh? Uh, um, I guess he, I don't know. Uh, I, I saw quotes from him talking about, bulking up a little bit i mean so. look at the end of the day and i'm just going to say this atn's a better player than james robinson okay right. so at the end of the day you got to decide i mean urban meyer is new at this when i say new he's new in the nfl uh, he's pr- probably a lot smarter than i am but atn's a better player than james robinson you drafted him in the first round he's an explosive athlete he's a running back so at some point he's going to have to play running back because that's what he is and he's better than the other guy right do, do you see an environment where these two could coexist in the backfield that could be really good and really healthy or I think, yeah. You, I mean, can you have plays where you go with a, you know, with pony personnel, two backs, of course, you're not yeah. going to do that on 50 plays, John. Yeah. Let's move on to Tennessee and uh, boy, Adam, I go to you because in my opinion, the whole air Jones thing comes down to Tennessee, New England, San Fran, but uh, you could argue Tennessee needs Julio Jones more than anyone. anyone. I mean, I understand AJ Brown is an X, and I don't Jones. think they want to give up a first round pick. Yeah, they, they don't. I, I know where the, I know where they stand here. So they want him. Um, they, they're so weak at receiver. Josh Reynolds is is just not a starting NFL receiver. He's a very good backup, but they just don't see him being a a fifty play a game guy for seventeen games. So that's their interest there, and we'll see what happens. But for now, let's just assume they're not getting because that's where we're at. Uh, Reynolds starts as their Z opposite Brown. Uh, Fitzpatrick uh, will not be their slot. Chester Rogers is, as I understand it, as we mm. speak right now. And Fitzpatrick will be cross-trained. But uh, that's kind of where it is. It's, um, you know, tight ends uh, is what it is. I mean, it's it's pretty much not much has changed here other than a couple of players that were added uh, in the offseason. Well, uh, you know, of course, new office coordinator. Yeah, too. it's all going for the Derrick Henry. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, Greg, uh, I know you like Des Fitzpatrick's. I team. do like Des Fitzpatrick. I like uh, him a lot. I feel like he could maybe even beat out Josh Reynolds straight up if he picks things up quickly. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I feel a little more strongly about Josh Reynolds than Adam does. I mean, okay. I don't yeah. think he's a star, but right. I think he's got a certain certain kind of traits that right. fit what and the reason i believe they signed him is because he has vertical ability uh because he's long and he can run and in this offense where you're going to get eight in the box and you work the play action pass game i think they see him as a guy that can create some big plays down the field um off mm-hmm. of play action it's got some you know? inside outside versatility too yeah now does that mean i don't believe he's going to catch 80 balls but i right. think I think they'd be thrilled if he caught 50, 55, you know, and was a 15 yard a catch guy and caught seven touchdowns. You know, I think that's in the, in the context of this offense, I think that's probably how they see him. 
He's a good example of, I have him with 56, by the way. He's a good example go. of, of uh, not a bad NFL player at all in real, in no. for real football, but fantasy, we were like, we're so, we're over underwhelmed. Right. Um, right. But I, but I think he's a solid NFL receiver. Not, not great, not a star, um, but I, you can line him up and I think you'd be okay. The, the issue with Josh Reynolds is, is he a 25 to 30 game uh, play guy? To be successful, could he right. handle 50 plays? We just don't know that he has been a starter before, full-time starter for 16 now. 17. Right, so they're they're taking – that's where – I don't want to say a risk, but yeah. that's – you know, they're looking and, and, at the traits and thinking that, yes, he can do that. Right, and we'll see. What What's funny is I actually went back and I looked and I calculated the number of times where he had to be kind of a starter, Reynolds, and I kind of added up all the numbers, and it essentially resulted in like a season's worth of numbers – and it was very comparable to Corey Davis, ironically enough, um, who has departed here. Greg, when you look at the tight end spot here without Janu, we know what happened last year with Janu. Well, they really first. like Ferkser, and Ferkser's a really good receiver. He's a detached player. They really like him. He's going to play in 12 personnel, and he's going to be the tight end when they go to 11 personnel in long yardage situations because Swaim is a really good blocker. Good blocker. He did a really good job a year ago as a blocker. So basically, can Swaim just be Janu from last year, and and we do just what well, we did last year I mean, with Ferguson? He's like their Janu, big slot. No, I mean, Janu's a way better athlete. In, in terms player. of role, though, you mean? In, in terms, terms of blocking, there? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Swaim was there last year. He was a really good blocker. I know. Yeah, I know. I believe. I believe Janu missed a game or two or something, and and Swaim. I guess my point is the optimism for Ferkser is, is real based on this roster currently, what he showed last year and his no role. Question. I mean, yeah, it's totally, I mean, he's that guy. I mean, he's, he's a receiving tight end. I do wonder, I do wonder just before we move off of Tennessee, if they'll add another tight end to give him a little bit more. Um, Cause they didn't even draft one, which was right. surprising to me. They signed a kid from Alabama, Miller Forrestal, who's actually a really just one of those solid guys. I mean, he's okay. well, again, they didn't draft anyone. So yeah. it's, to compete against Ferkser. So, yeah, you're right. It's going to be Ferkser. But it, nothing's changing. The philosophy will not change. It's all going through the, the running back. Right. Well, speaking of that, might we, though, get a little bit more Darrington Evans this year? Yeah, he was unfortunately hurt, yeah, for most of the season. Now, don't forget Brian Hill's there, though. So we'll we'll learn a little bit more about that as we go along. But they like Evans as a changeup. That's where they're at with him. Yeah. yeah. Greg, they, how yeah, – Sorry, John. Greg, how much did the uh... – injury to Luan uh, kind of limit and restrict this? Well, limited their pass game because they needed to help their tackles because yeah, yeah. they were playing with um, uh, Dennis Kelly and uh, Sambreo and they needed to help their tackles in, in pass protection and that limited what they could do with their pass game in terms of concept. So it was a factor for sure. Graham, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know what we do with this guy. He had 40 touchdowns last year. I don't know how he even gets 30 this year. I mean, he had seven rushing, which hmm. is fluky. Wow. Didn't know um, I believe it was seven. I'm going to call it up. A but, lot. Jeez. I mean, how do we get to 40 touchdowns or 35 plus? He had 33 passing last year, Graham. I'm just not seeing it here. Well, we got an extra game, John. So oh, that's uh, he'll, true. I'll <laughs> have an extra game to get there. You're forgetting. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I like Tannehill again. I mean, this the last two years, pretty much ever since he started, he has been one of the three or four most efficient quarterbacks for our game. He was second in fantasy points per drop back in 2019. He finished third last year. And that's like in, you know, and he's not in the Lamar Jackson or like, you know, 
that kind of category with just in terms of efficiency. But, um, you know, if they draw, if he has to drop back and pass a little bit more, because if the Titans regress, you know, it should lead to a few more passes. I, I think Tannehill will be just fine. I mean, he's been a back end strong, consistent QB one for the last two years. And I think, I think we're looking at again, I, you know, the touchdowns should regress for sure. Um, you know, with, with only AJ Brown there for right now. Uh, but if they get Julio Jones, I mean, it's, it's, this oh, is going to be yeah, a really well, that, fun yeah, offense. <laughs> Joe, I've got Tannehill throwing 17 touches to wide receivers and I probably zero to running backs. And then, you know, f- you know, so well, John, you know, Derek Henry's taken a screen at least once 90 yards to the house. That happens. Right. Every- we know it's funny. I do wonder, and I'll, I'll check on this if they'll get him more. Now, I don't know about Arthur Smith's belief. And cause I know from talking to the, the Titans, they think Henry's got great hands. They just don't throw on the ball much. So I do wonder, will the, will they use Henry a little bit more in the pass game? Probably that was not, a talk but, last year, but I want to ask. And I'm curious. Yeah, right? uh, John, uh, I'm just curious from your perspective. I mean, we we talk we the the Julio Jones thing would be huge here, and like I'm not even sure in terms of like Julio's numbers, but just what this would mean to what this would mean to the passing game in general. I mean, we have Tannehill. Uh, we have Tannehill at 17, John. Um, if if Julio if Julio were on this roster, I, I, and I I like him a little bit more than Sal, I like him more than Daniel Jones and Wentz, and we have Wentz and Jones above him. But if Julio were on this roster, would we bump him past Wentz, Jones, and Cousins? Because yeah. oh, for I, sure. I mean, I think that would be a huge addition for Tennessee. I mean, yeah, I, I it feels like a slap in the face for Tannehill to have him only at seventeen, honestly. But I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta be here. I I feel like I massage the numbers to get him a little higher because he's been so good um and i mean I gave him, they did lose arthur smith too and yeah, yeah that mean, is a factor here i'm giving him 27 touchdown passes and and i i can't add them up on the rest of the players and get to 27 so there's like a missing four four touchdowns there like maybe it's julio but yeah, you know it's tough to wrap my head around it. As you guys know, I was a big Tannehill apologist forever, and I was buying him last year. I I did believe it was for reals. Uh, just not so sure this year without Arthur Smith and Janu, and of course uh, Corey Davis. But we'll see about Julio. Um, anything else here of note? Jump out here. I'm not seeing much defensively. Not that into it here. You no, know, defensively there there's some questions because. Janoris Jenkins is an older corner. Greg could talk about how good he is or what he looked like. Roger Priest coming back from ACL reconstruction. They spent a ton of money on him. Caleb Farley's incredibly gifted. He's fun. We'll see if he can hold up. I mean, they addressed, they've, they've addressed Kevin Johnson's in there. He could play nickel as well. Danico Autry, Greg talked about earlier, is a good football player. He, he's on their D-line. Um, have they upgraded the talent? Yeah, but John, there are a lot of questions with their defense still. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.